This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know how to tell you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hands Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alec. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week, we're talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 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 Gotta keep it up. The... Oh, yeah, way to let us down, Scott. Hollywood, up to no good. Um, <laughs> Or is that Inglewood? Inglewood. <laughs> My last, this is my pick, so last time I picked a movie was Once Upon a Time in Mexico, so now Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And we'll see where we go to after this. Just Once Upon a Time. Yeah. This movie came out in 2019, directed and written by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that guy's an up-and-comer. <laughs> Starring Leonardo DiCaprio, another up-and-comer. Brad Pitt, another up-and-comer. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Margot Robbie... Oh my God! Uh, Al Pacino, Timothy Oliphant, Austin Oliphant. Butler, who who is an up and comer. <laughs> yeah. Look, Mister Frodo, Timothy Oliphant, <laughs> Bruce Stern, Luke Perry, Dakota Fanning, Damian Lewis. Uh, who else did I miss here? You, you did Dakota say Margaret Fanning. Qualley, right? I don't know if I did say that. Uh, Margaret Qualley, um, Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn Smith. Uh, um, <laughs> Oh shit! That was Dakota Fanning. I thought she looked familiar. Yeah, I didn't know who Squeaky. Squeaky, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Squeaky was Dakota was like, Fanning. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I did. Emile I, she got. She got fucked up. I did. I did recognize Lena Dunham. Just kind of a shame to be here, but. What was her face from uh, Stranger Things? The only one. <laughs> the one that made the right choice. Oh, uh, Maya Hawk. Yeah. 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 All right. McNary. <laughs> Yeah. Speed Racer. Clifton Collins Jr. I don't even think he had a uh, speaking part for the... Yeah. Sam Jackson is in it, but he doesn't have a speaking part. Where was Sam um, Jackson? What? He's in the um, the saloon where he's the acting scene between Oliphant and Brad Pitt. He's just kind of sitting there. I thought that might have been him. Oh, but I okay. Wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the shadows okay. with a bunch of other guys. Okay. It's hard to see, okay. but... Uh, is was... he wearing his Hateful Eight outfit? Maybe because I wouldn't be surprised. My my, what was your favorite cameo in this? Assuming that's not uh, on somebody's list. I don't really I have a favorite have cameo. cameos. The, oh, Dean yeah. Martin. I I, 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 I like uh, Zoe Bell showing up. Just oh, okay, that's a good, yeah, yeah right. not being a stunt person, one. just being <laughs> Zoe Bell. Yeah, that was good. Um. All right, uh, like this was my pick, as mentioned before. I saw this in the theaters when it came out, and it has quickly become one of my favorite movies. I watch this all the time. Uh, Laura gets kind of mad because every time she she like she goes out for the night and she comes home and I'm <laughs> watching this movie. Went to the Mexico. I mean Hollywood. I don't think it's his best movie. No, uh, not Quentin's that is. Um, but it's the most watchable besides Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction's a whole other level. I can watch that every day. But this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's an easier watch compared to some of his his other stuff that are still good. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so I think that's why I like watching it so much. It's a good movie and an easy watch as opposed to, you know, we've had the Lady Vengeance, which we all kind of agreed was a good movie, but we never want to see it again. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and, 
Nope. Um, you know, Inglorious Bastards, while it's a great performance, it's a good movie, not the best topic, and I don't know, there's other things, but for this, I really enjoy it, and I watch it a lot. It's easy watching. Mm-hmm. It's a little great. bit lighter. Yeah. I mean, there's some really heavy well, movements in there, but yeah, it, there, yeah. there's, there's, it's a bit lighter. Just I, lighter w- I, I wouldn't go that far. Lighter. For him, it's lighter. Yeah, the whole movie is, pre- the whole movie is predicated on all the, the Roman Polanski stuff, so, and then the... Well, that, you know, we'll get into it, but it's all mm-hmm. right. Um, I know. Uh, this is Tarantino breezy, not breezy breezy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's one thing I was going to say, but I forgot it. I'll bring it up as we go. Uh, yeah. Alex, what's your history with this movie? Um, this is the first time I've seen this movie. Um, I only, you know, heard that it was Tarantino, and usually his movies I I do also really like. The the thing about <laughs> Bradley fighting Bruce Lee. Brad Pitt. Bradley. Brad Pitt <laughs> fighting Bruce Lee. Is Bradley related uh, to Stanley? Bradley fighting Ooh. Bruce Lee. Yeah. Uh, kind of, you know, piqued my interest. And then when I learned that in the movie it was spoiled for me that he, quote unquote, won the fight, I was a little bit miffed because I'm a big Bruce Lee fan. But uh, it's on my list, so I'll talk about it later. Okay. And Scott. Uh, my also, also my first time uh, seeing the movie. I, I don't know like how I missed this because yeah, I usually try to to see the, the Tarantino offerings right away. Uh, but yeah, watched it on Amazon um, rental, and yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get mm-hmm. into it. Like like you said, this is this is far from my my favorite uh, Tarantino. Oh yeah, it was. I also watched it on Prime, but I cashed in my stars one week free trial yeah. to watch That's it. Smart. Yeah, oh, nice. Don't can't forget to uh, take it off <laughs> the uh, the auto pay. Um, yeah, exactly. That's how they get you. Um, <laughs> as mentioned, I've watched this a bunch. So I actually bought this a while ago. So just running my in li- movies in my library, and uh, let's get going. Um, as usual, we're going to talk about seven items from the movie. I will go first and crap my. When I was searching for... Pants. What? Sorry. When I was searching for if we've done other movies, I lost my spot on my page. Um, Alright, so my number seven is... It's it's a small scene, and so the whole thing set in the, the backdrop of the Manson murders and all that. If you go into the movie knowing anything about that, which some people might not know, right? Like I don't know. I forgot in this, about it. Yeah. But you may not even know what happened, right? You may not even know Sharon Tate was a part of this whole thing, right? So you may not know. But if you do know, and you see this one scene where Manson shows up and in his ice cream truck and he's just walking on the property, like gives me shivers like every single time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this movie, you know, Quentin Tarantino does his altering of history. Like, what happens in real life is way worse than what actually happens at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um so it's just it's weird, and that scene when you see him up there, and he's yeah, he's he was a charismatic guy, they say, right? That's why he got these people. And just seeing him come around, walk around, hey, I thought so and so lived here, blah blah blah. Ah, just creepy once you know the facts. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that's just that scene. Not much in this gives me the creeps, except one other scene. But this one, um, yeah, just the scene with Charlie Manson, and then you see Sharon Tate in the foreground at one point. She's playing records, and he's just walking on the property. Blech. Even, like even, that's my number seven. Yeah, even the way they, mm-hmm. they shoot that, where um, Sebring is between the two of them, like kind of blocking him out. 
Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost intentional as if to, to say like he could like pull out a gun or a knife or something at any second. Like, uh, right. I kept like thinking that in the back of my mind. Uh, the guy, the guy that played um, very briefly there, um, Charlie Manson, uh, Damon. Charlie. Damon Harriman uh, is, is a great character actor, by the way. Uh, I don't think you guys ever watched Justified. No. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's he's great on that. Uh, anyway. So, I remember that scene, but I forgot about it until you mentioned it, Jeff. Um, mm-hmm. So, what was he doing? Was it inferred what, was, what he was doing up there? Or was it just casing out places to hit, quote-unquote? So yeah, he was just—he was looking for the person who you, who previously worked there, and that's when he finds out that that person doesn't work there anymore. And then, so I researched this too. So I guess we could so start off it? like, um, hmm. I obviously knew that Charlie Manson was involved in killing these people in Hollywood, and Sharon Tate was one of them, and that's kind of all I knew. Matter of fact, he doesn't even—he never even killed him. It was his followers that did it. Like I didn't know that. I thought it was him that did it. Nice. And then. Um, the reason he did it is because he had an aspiring music career, and this guy turned him down for an album or something like that. The guy who lived at that house, and that's what he was going to see. Oh, okay. So, like I said, you bring this baggage with you. So, if you knew that, then this kind of makes more sense. Otherwise, yeah, you don't know what he's doing there. He's just... I see. Yeah, I didn't know the specifics, but that makes a lot more sense. Right. Okay. And so, I think that this movie is one of those things where... You may know some stuff like I did. You may know everything, or you may know nothing. So you have no idea who this guy is, and that makes no sense. Like if you go back and watch mm-hmm. this movie, who was that guy who just showed up? <laughs> like yeah. he, never, he never comes into play, right? You don't know that. It, it is um, extra creepy that he just walks off, like <laughs> yeah, in, into the distance. He doesn't go back down the, the hill or the driveway yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I want to do before. Like, what what is your guys' history with Charlie Man? So it sounds like Alex, you have not within this movie, but like what are your history of knowing this whole scenario? Um, and I guess we'll talk about the Roman Polanski thing too, since Scott mentioned it. Uh, yeah, I just remember Charlie Manson was like crazy cult leader, and that got his followers to do some killings. Okay, and you knew Sharon Tate was one of them. I did not know you did who Sharon know Tate that. even was. Okay. I do now. <laughs> All right. Scott. I, I know less your... about Manson and the, and the surrounding stuff. I know more about how, like, or more what happened to Sharon Tate. Okay. And, like, the unborn baby and I mean, all the people at the house. And, uh, and that it was the, the Manson, quote, unquote, family that did it. Okay. There. Which I think makes sense for our ages, right? I mean, this has all happened before we were alive, and so... The the, mm-hmm. the Halcyon days when the, the rampant violence was, was kept to, to weird cults like <laughs> every once in a while. Jeebus. Yeah. yeah. Um Alright, and then the Roman Polanski thing, uh which doesn't I mean, I don't know, I want to hear what Scott says about that. It's not really a big part of this movie, right? I mean No no I sorry, didn't... when when I said the Roman Polanski thing, I meant just like his family. Like this was like the first I mean besides him as a filmmaker, like first thing outside of movies that, that you know about him like I, I i was talking about all the shit that he got into later like we don't okay. need to bring that up all right. um, okay mm-hmm. i just know like it's it's part and parcel um uh, of like roman polanski's life yeah yeah see i didn't know that he was married to sharon tate and that was his baby like i i didn't know any of that until after this movie yeah so it's really horrible yeah. um yep. yeah 
All right. Well, now we can go on to Scott, number seven. Number seven, uh, I I don't know why I liked it so much, but uh, the, the brief bit of Damian Lewis as Steve McQueen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, and there's some, some spot-on casting. Like, it kind of looks like him. Uh, you know, affects him. I, I like the line about, uh, you know, I never had a chance. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Because he's not, like, one of these dweebs that <laughs> Sharon Tate seems to gravitate toward. Um, and, you know, reading the trivia, I, I guess that mirrors the line later on with uh, Dalton saying that he never had a chance for the Steve McQueen part. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, which, which I didn't catch yeah. personally. The, but, the Great Escape. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, uh, yeah, I just like that, like... Just that, Damn, land, that that random fun bit of exposition, uh, that that just happens to be delivered by I, I don't I don't was I don't know if she was supposed to be anybody, like uh, but yeah I don't know who she was I know like the Phillips girls were in it right the Phillips yeah, sisters well it, 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 the the Jefferson airplane so it was like right it was, it was Mama Cass and the other I, I don't remember names I'm, I'm yeah. Once again, all before our time. Yeah, but... yeah. I knew I knew it was Mama Cass. I'm like, okay. I mean, I mean, they literally say Cass, so that wasn't like like a big leap there. But, um, yeah, stay away from those ham sandwiches. Yeah, I I did think you like I kept waiting for somebody to show up as, as Hefner, but yeah, yeah, Stanley. I guess that yeah, that would have been, that would have been amazing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess that would have been maybe a little too cute. But yeah, I wonder. I wonder why. Uh, like where Tarantino kind of drew the line on, like, doing actual actors. There's a lot of people that are like actual, like real people in the in the movie. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, yeah. number seven. Uh, my number seven. Well, I wrote this before I knew the whole Sharon Tate thing uh, and more of uh, the real story. But her getting into the movie theater for free. I kind of, like, I, I thought that, okay, this character is going to lead to more things later in the movie, and it kind of didn't, except for, you know, when the narrator's describing where everybody was, and she's pregnant, hottest day of the year, and then at the very end, she's talking the, through the voice box at Rick Dalton to invite him up to the house. Uh, so, that little snippet, it was, it was actually, it was really good. I enjoyed it, that she's... I mean, she has 75 cents for a movie ticket, but she wants to get in for free to see herself as some sort of, um, like, enjoying her fame or her 15 minutes or whatever in this part in The Wrecking Crew, right? Yeah, that that was yeah. ugh, that, that was cringy. Like, they, yeah. you know, the way Tarantino even films that, he uses, a, like, a Dutch angle when you, when you, <laughs> to as the, the POV of the, the girl at the counter. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, felt felt bad for her. And yeah, then we get and then we get like was. 45 minutes of her feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the main reason for the scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cuz her dirty feet. <laughs> There's a lot of bare feet in this movie. So are, 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 are you guys going to talk more about Sharon Tate in the further down your list? Uh, uh, I don't nope. have I don't have much on her, but I just wanted to say this one thing out to agree with you Alex. I think this was to show that she was an up and coming. Well, I don't know if she was up and coming, but she was. She had maybe had a career ahead of her, maybe not. But she was still early on in her career, so it excited her to mm-hmm. see her yeah. in the theater. And that, yeah. if you know what's was going that- on, you know that's going to get snuffed out and that's going to come to a halt. And so I think oh, okay. that was just yeah. to show that. that makes but sense. 
I, I don't know. There's a lot of scenes in this movie that, like, why was that there? I don't yeah, know. we, we got to delve into the... Do research to enjoy this movie fully. Well, like, I, think, I don't know if I, I want to do I, that. I think a lot of this is, is a little masturbatory, but... Well, yeah, it's Tarantino. Even for Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not just talking about the okay. feet. Like... <laughs> right. <laughs> It makes sense. Well, okay, imagine, that makes all the, sense. imagine all the unedited, uh, the, uh, unused footage he has of these Hollywood actresses' feet. Uh, unused footage. God, go Got to his it. foot room. Footage. Footage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, hey, to each their own. Yeah, we're we're not here to yuck somebody else's yum. Uh, what were we well gonna said. talk about, Sharon Tate? Scott? I was just gonna say, like, it was just a big kind of bait and switch. Um, and he kind of makes her this, like, very benign, like, harmless character. Um, the, yeah. the, the impact is definitely more there if you know the history. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just this, like, very, like, normal person. Uh, and, you know, she winds up not having the horrible thing happen to her at the end. Um, it's, it's a lot of setup for that, though. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, a lot set up. So yeah, that yeah, that whole thing, of course, went all over my head. But yeah, with yeah. the sec- I'm gonna watch this movie again. Hopefully before. Well, my, I don't think uh, there's anything. There's nothing. There's nothing to catch, though, Alex. Like, it's no, just, I know, like... but it's just, just to to uh, uh, look at it with fresh eyes, and now with the knowledge in the back of my mind to see how it uh, how it hits me different. Okay. I did. Yeah. I, I did really like the glasses she was wearing. That was adorable. Those big goofy glasses she had on. The oh computer. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that was my right. number seven. Yeah. On to my number six. And one thing, once again, I'm not doesn't really come up with this one specifically, but as we talked about, once a time in Mexico, same thing with this. I think there are liberties, like maybe when you guys talk about the Bruce Lee scene, or obviously the ending of this movie, other things. I think it does leave, you know, the, this is. This didn't happen, but it's once upon a time, so it's kind of made up. So it's just like, what's his face killing everybody in the room, and Cheech is like, well, some things are taken out of context. Yeah. Exaggerated. Plus, I think, Tarantino, to, to just as a quick aside here, when he changes history like this, it's more like a, a like a, a sort of catharsis that like maybe, you know, a group of people are more need, or they fantasize about, and they want to see it realized uh, uh, in some yeah, way, shape, yes. or form. This movie is a hundred percent an excuse to show the Manson family getting some comeuppance. That's yeah. That's the whole point of this movie. That and him, like wanting to. Well, I'll get into more of that. But like, mm-hmm. there's two points in this movie, <laughs> and that's the that's the larger one. Is he just wanted to get to that point? Yeah. Fuck Hitler. Yeah. I think his biggest point is he just loves old school Hollywood yeah just well show it yeah, yeah. I think that's filmmaking in, in yeah, general. yeah I'll talk, yeah I'll, I'll talk more about that uh, alright yeah. um, right, before we got into my number six I just have to say in honor of this movie I made myself a whiskey sour <laughs> uh, with an egg yolk with an egg with egg white egg um, white just, oh it's with egg white just yeah. just to to jump ahead a little bit my, I think it might be my favorite thing about this entire movie is like you can tell he does not like the whiskey sours. <laughs> he just keeps drinking them. Like, yeah, oh, that was great. Man. He just keeps making this face every time he takes a drink. <laughs> I mean, even at one point now, he Jeff, says he hates them too, right? Or am I, or am I crazy? I think and, you're crazy. Yeah, 
Well, when he's yelling at himself in the yeah. trailer, I was about to say, Jeff, remember to stop at four whiskey sours and don't drink eight. <laughs> All right, you got you got work tomorrow. I'm never gonna quit booze. I'm never gonna quit drinking booze. And he pulls out his flask. <laughs> um, I've never had one before or until the other day when we were watching it. I'm like, I'm gonna make one. I have all the ingredients, and they're all right. What's in it? Um, yeah, whiskey sour is pretty good. That's lemon juice, uh, simple syrup, and bourbon. Okay. And egg white. And egg white to kind of froth it up. The only uh, thing I don't do is the egg white, but everything else, yeah. I thought I'd try it. Well, hopefully I don't mm-hmm. die. It's raw egg. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there's alcohol there, too, so yeah, you're good. Exactly. <laughs> the alcohol just makes everything better, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Sterilizes. Uh, I have a bunch of scenes. So, uh, where do I want to go here? The I'll just go with all the random scenes from his from Bounty Law and was it the FBI? Just all the shows and posters and everything. Yeah. This whole world that Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino built mm-hmm. for this character. I freaking loved it. Yeah, this, 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 this is this is great. This is Tarantino's Forrest Gump. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so, which brings me to I found out, actually, found this out on Star Wars and Character, which doesn't all go to Star Wars. They just talk about shit they like now. It doesn't have to be Star Wars. And they cool. did this movie as well. And uh, this movie was based off of two, two stories. It's Kurt Russell and his stuntman friend. I forgot the name of the stuntman. But uh, more so, Burt Reynolds and his stuntman. Hal Needham. Who is it? Hal Needham. Yeah. And uh, apparently in this, uh, that that FBI show they're watching where he and Brad Pitt and the whole scene where he's pointing, you know, that meme. Uh, that was, Burt uh, Reynolds was on that show and they just basically edited out Burt Reynolds and stuck in Leo. That's why, so that's why he's cute. chewing the gum so hard yeah. in that scene. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. No joke. No joke. Like that gum chewing? Yeah. like, yeah, it's, it plays. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, with that... Uh, the, yeah, the Turd post- Ferguson. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. <laughs> Turd Ferguson. Uh, just all that. And then like when, when Al Pacino's talking to him about all the movies I, I saw, 13 Fifths of McCluskey and whatever it was, and Tanner, and oh, I watched this. and all, just, just all of it. The very I don't know if you saw the credits. There's a scene where him promoting tobacco yeah, and everything. Yeah, red apple just, cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he got my damn double to chip. Picture double chip. <laughs> uh, just all of that stuff. Oh, and then like the the narration by Kurt Russell when he talks about the spaghetti westerns and he did this and he did that. No, just all the only yeah, that was great. Only good Indian is a dead Indian or whatever. Like <laughs> all these Jeeves H. Yeah, it was renamed. <laughs> What's the, the, my favorite? Prefer- Where's the Gringo? Says Ringo or. <laughs> The the no one good. he did with Telly Savalas where it was like red something dead something like that. Was... <laughs> yeah, that's the one that was renamed. Uh, I just enjoyed all of that. And like you said, this is Quentin Tarantino doing his thing, his Forrest Gump doing all that stuff. But um, loved it all. Now, those Italian movies weren't real movies, right? Or were they? I don't, I don't think so. No, 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 oh, okay. No. I think yeah, he's just. I really want to see that James Bond ripoff. No, he was making up like Italian director <laughs> names too. Yeah. Was... Okay. Yeah. yeah, and he says it's the second best Italian director because he loves Sergio Leone stuff. So yeah. I'm assuming he's <laughs> honoring him, but not overshadowing him. And just like, oh, he's behind Sergio Leone. Um, but yeah, uh, that's my number six, Scott. 
Uh, so my number six is the Bruce Lee fight. I'll, I'll save most of this for Alex. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't know where I come out on this. Like I gave it a lot of thought because I knew, I knew Alex had had definitely had opinions on it. Me too. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of fun to to see like Bruce Lee inserted here, and I actually like the 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 work that um, what's his name Mike Mo is is doing here, uh, kind of in person. Yeah. Bruce Lee, I think he did actually a great job. Yeah. Um, I I like that he's cocky and that uh, Cliff picks a fire with him, and I I actually I even don't have a really have a problem with with cliff kind of whipping his ass um what i don't get is like why like tarantino wanted to do this because i know tarantino is a bruce lee fan like he's a kung fu movie fan Mm -hmm. and you can see why he would want bruce lee in his movie but to kind of reduce bruce lee to this like punchline doesn't make sense to me um first of all no one was kicking Bruce Lee's ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite yeah. movies. You know, it, it is, it is, it is funny. Context. And yeah, again, Mike, Mike Mose <laughs> is, is very funny here. But I just... I, I get, like, plot-wise, it was the, the whole... So he could have the flash... So uh, Cliff could have the flashback about why <laughs> he wouldn't be welcome back on uh, Kurt Russell's set. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was, it's just a weird thing to me. Uh I- I so I've been thinking about this too. I mean, I don't, should we wait till Alex does his or? Um, yeah, it's fine. So, I was thinking. Okay, once what's called once again, it's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So you're you're raising, you know, you're you're escalating it's things. Like a, yeah, but, a fairy tale of sorts. But this is the wrestling thing. This is Bruce Lee's putting him over so that later on at the end of the movie, you believe that he takes on the Manson family. Okay, I'm wonder. Well, I'm I mean, wondering if that's what it that... is. And who else put you over better than Bruce Lee? That is true. badass in Hollywood. Like, I still would have, mm-hmm. I still would have had no problem believing that that Cliff would have beat their ass. But like, the the, the Manson family kids. But the, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I, I I like that take, Jeff. That makes more sense to me. Like, if you're gonna show that that Cliff is a bona fide badass, like that's that's a pretty good way to do it. Yeah. yeah. And like I said before, I don't. He doesn't kick his ass. He. He dodges the point, you know, he just throws him into the car basically by avoiding him. And then it's kind of an even fight after that, right? And then, because Bruce Lee says no one was kicking my ass. And it was true, he wasn't kicking his ass, but I think he's doing better than he would have against Bruce Lee. I, I, he, just because yeah, of his age more than anything. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a 50 something year old man. I don't think he would be handle a prime. What's well, kind of hidden at that, like, he, he was, well, he was in World War II. Right, um, he's, he's goddamn bored here. And so it's not hard to believe that he was doing like some kind of like special forces thing, or like <clears throat> something akin to that. Yeah. And you mentioned the, the flashback. I love it when it comes back to him presenting. <laughs> he just goes, "Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. I have that thought process a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man, that guy was being a dick. Oh, that's right. Okay, that makes sense." <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was justified. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it was her car, too. The, like, <laughs> just to kind of seal the deal. Yeah. What the fuck happened to my car? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> First of all, no one kicked Bruce's ass. <laughs> so, all right. Okay, all right. so speaking of which, because that's, that's all tied together um, about uh, Cliff Booth. 
uh, Brad Pitt's character. Mm. So I read the trivia on this, so I actually know the answer, but I, I came up with my own answer ahead of time. Um, do you think he, he did kill his wife? I mean, this is supposed to mimic the what's what's his face, right? Um, the Natalie Wood stuff, or no? Oh, I don't, I I didn't get that at all. No, okay. I don't know much about that. I just know an actress was out there. And no, it wasn't. Wasn't like they, just like a dinky boat, like like that. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Um, Oof, she was a harpy. Queen I think. Uh, actually, I don't know if he killed her. If he did, it was yeah. an accident. <laughs> but it was like an accident that he didn't try to stop. I think he, he did it. I don't think it was premeditated, but I think he did it. Like, you see the way that it ends up where just, like, she he just whine, like she walks right in front of the... The harpoon. Yeah, the, the, the spear. Yeah. Like, I, I, but, I, but I do think he did it and got away with it. Yeah. yeah. And reading the trivia, that, that's pretty much Tarantino confirmed it. <laughs> yeah, that Cliff not only killed but, him, but it's not the first time he killed somebody. Besides oh, World War, World the War II. He said that in, in like his backstory or whatever, Tarantino said that's how he got the dog. Was that like the dog? Like there's some weird thing about how he's in a dog fighting ring and the the guy wanted some guy wanted to drug the dog to like to throw the fight so they could both win a bunch of money and Brad Pitt wound up killing him because of that. And so oh, okay, he does seem very callous about violence. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I kind of believe it. Yeah. Anyway. Is anyone going to talk about the dog anymore or no? Oh, well, yes. that's the Okay. End, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, Alex, number six. This is going to be a long number... one, folks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, my number six, I really like when they showed uh, Leo as Rick Dalton rehearsing the lines at home. He's got the tape recorder, so that makes a lot of sense and everything. Mixes himself a giant stein of whiskey sour. Yeah. <laughs> he goes out to the pool, still listening, rehearsing. And then seeing it all play out when he's on set was great. The way Tarantino did it with just looking at all the scenes just through the camera. You don't see any of the lights, any of the crew, any of the background people. You, you, I, I almost got fully sucked into the illusion right up until, of course, he fucks up some of his lines. Right. So that was... Fantastic. See, like, the process from beginning to... <laughs> I, did, I did like it. Like, Spanish, Spanish, Spanish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he never bothers to learn what the other thing's actually being said. He just he just gets his own lines. Mm-hmm. Hey, Spanish, Spanish, Spanish. Where's that? Chili pepper. Get her out of here. Play her chili pepper hard out. It's like, those are... T- <laughs> who wrote that? There's some fucking hard lines to spit out. I'm not surprised <laughs> that he flubbed them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Rip Taylor wrote him. What was that guy? <laughs> that director was. <laughs> I want you to be in the hottest, hippest club with your hippie mustache and your. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Oh, my number uh, five kind of goes right into that. It's this, the whole scene with him acting with the girl and Oliphant and all that. Luke Perry. Just that whole scene of him. I mean, he's a dick. He shows up. He just throws his coffee cup on the ground. He acts like he owns the place. The little girl's trying to read his book, and he's over there. Yeah, and then he gets a he gets a humbling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she, she, you know, she kind of lays one into him. He's reading that book about the old the the horse. What is it? The horse breaker, the Bronco Buster, Bronco Buster, and just all that. And then he's acting, and he fucks up. And then he goes into the trailer, and just fucking goes to town, and. 
apparently that's all improvised. Him in there. Um... Oh man, I forgot when he looks straight into the mirror, but he's looking at the camera instead, mm-hmm. like breaking the fourth wall a bit. That was great. <laughs> and he held it off to the side quite awkwardly and go, "This is going to work." <laughs> <laughs> It sure is. Uh, but yeah, just that whole scene. And then just seeing like Luke Perry. I think that might have been the last thing he ever did. I think it was. Uh, this movie was. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Only Fonts, seeing him. What's weird is I saw this movie before I saw uh, Deadwood. So just that, that was a little bit lost on me having him back in the Western scene. I mean, it was mm. like, it's pretty much the same character he always plays <laughs> like he plays kind of the same character in Justified too but like with Justified he's a little more of a, a sense of humor but yeah he's these... a miserable son of a bitch in yeah. uh, Deadwood um, but yeah just all of that uh, like, like he's, Alex said you, you're kind of getting into the scene and then he cuts and he's like you know and then you hear him like no go back go I... back and the director is like no no keep going god damn it and... alright alright Sykes himself up. And then he does the best scene ever. The little girl's the best acting yeah, I've ever seen. Ever seen. <laughs> well, I don't understand. So, at the end, he throws her down and he goes, oh, I didn't throw you too hard, right? She's like, no, elbow pads or whatever. I throw yeah. myself down at home all the time, whatever yeah. she said. Then the director comes up, uh, improvisation, and then all the triple alliterative insults. <laughs> he calls him a... A Beanie. Bronco busting beaner or something Beater, like that. Bronco busting beaner. But then he's like, and throwing her down? Where did you come up with that? He's like, I don't know. But like, so how did she know to have oh, pads no, on? That was an idea that he had before the scene. That wasn't improvised. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, probably like right before the scene, you probably worked it out a little bit with the director. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Cool. But he, he acted like, anyway. Um, yeah, all of that. It's number five. Scott. Noise. Okay. Uh... Number five is that uh, I, I do have some some problems with this movie, but it, it it's a, a great period piece. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's kind of amazing the like all the set pieces look like they're right out of like that that time period. I mean, as much as we know what things are supposed to look like anyway. <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah, but like that, like all the cars, like like it, it feels like a lived in world. You know, it's not like. Oh, they're just like at a house and everybody's just like a hippie, you know. Like they're going down Hollywood Boulevard and everybody looks like they belong there. All the cars look like they belong there. Like, mm-hmm. like Tarantino definitely had an eye for that. Um, and yeah, it, it all works really well. Um, just and and even the the way that the uh, like the, the sets look on um, when they're when they're shooting stuff like that. That's that's how I imagine they they would look, you know, in nineteen sixty nine. Uh, so, yeah, not, not much more to say about that. It just Tarantino did a great job of, of, of keeping it period appropriate to, to a time that's now, like, what, 50 years ago? So, mm-hmm. over 50. Uh, no, he fucked up in one second. Oh, one I'm, I'm sure if we looked really hard, there'd be all kinds of that. But I didn't even have to look hard. It was one of those uh, LED uh, crosswalk signs in the background. Oh. Yeah, this movie's ruined. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a lazy asshole. <laughs> I agree, Scott. I have a little more to say about this later, but yeah, definitely agree. Alex, number five. 
Uh, my number five, as Jeff mentioned, uh, the recreating of all the old shows and inserting uh, Leo into them was great. The The FBI was awesome. Almost seamless. I think it's only because I know Leonardo DiCaprio is, <laughs> is a modern actor that I knew that it wasn't real, but it looked really good. And him in The Great Escape, also in the tests, <laughs> test shootings that he did, it's awesome. Uh, filming the old combo shows, everything, all of that stuff was awesome. Yeah. Did it bug, no, I didn't mention it on mine, did it, bu- did it bug you, or not bug you, but seem weird when, uh, when him and Leo are watching, or him and Brown are watching the, uh, that show, the FBI show, and you just kind of, the audio, it just seems weird, like you're all of a sudden you're listening to a commentary track, when they're just, aha, where'd you film this? Is that Malibu? Like, I don't <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't notice that, but I will now. <laughs> it just, <laughs> it's probably meant to be that, but it was just kind of a weird the sound mixing there. It was just, it was just, oh, it was just weird for a movie. But I'm sure Quentin did it on purpose. But mm-hmm. you're literally just watching the movie with Brad, <laughs> with Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio talking He's about the director's commentary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, that was a good jump out of there. So like, yeah, you like that? It, was, it felt good too. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, that was, what, our number fives? Yes. Yeah. Um, all right, so my number four is going to be probably a little lower than on most of your lists, but I still still love it. It's the final fight scene. Uh, <laughs> where, where it, the twists and everything where Brad Pitt and the dog and eventually Leo take out the, the Manson family. Um, I don't know. I mean, that whole scene, like I said, if you know, like I said, I didn't know much. But I knew the murders were about to happen at that point. And then when all of a sudden they switch after Leo confronts them and now they're going to go attack them, it, it threw me for a loop. And then when Brad Pitt's six balls on on Elvis and then just beats the shit out of the... the I mean, just slamming the girl's head into the mantle and the telephone and... Oh, God, it's over the top. Um, just even seeing then, her face get caved in by the can of dog food... Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then uh, the best part—I don't know if it was the best part—but Chekhov's flamethrower. That I mean, if you look, Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> I didn't. That, that wasn't even my, a Chekhov's flamethrower. That was awesome. So, so Jeff, I, I have that lower on my list. My my exact note for that is Chekhov's flamethrower. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't notice. You watch it again, and like Al Pacino, they go on for like two minutes talking about this at the very beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah, I trained on it, and blah blah blah, and then. Sure enough. Oh, I thought it was just going to be a movie thing. I had no, like, I did not expect him to bring in, that out. Oh, neither did I. In, in the trivia, I don't know if it's true, it's, it says that early in the movie when Brad Pitt goes into the shed to get what he needs to fix the antenna, you can see the flamethrower leaning out of the corner. Oh. oh. I've never noticed that. That's cool. How about when Brad Pitt parkours to get up to the roof? Yeah, that was, <laughs> that that was, that was a nice little bit. I disagree. That that was a nice touch. It's like, hey, he's still got his stuntman yeah. reflexes. Yeah. What is this? Was it as unnecessary as, as for him to take off his shirt in the middle of the movie for mm-hmm. no fucking reason? It's to show his scars. Mm-hmm. He's an experienced stuntman. I'm sure the women were looking at his scars. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, Scott number four. Uh, number four is is Leonardo DiCaprio here. He's my. my Definitely my favorite performance in the movie. Uh, his, his Steve Dalton is great. Um, Rick, Rick Dalton. Dalton. What did I say? Steve Dalton? Steve McQueen. Rick yeah. fucking Dalton. Yeah, Rick Dalton, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's... it's. 
it's a great performance. Uh, a lot of little touches about how, like how he stutters when he, when he's not mm-hmm. acting. Yeah, um, it was great. He does a fantastic job of being an okay actor. Like, because <laughs> it's really hard With to Jake like, Cahill. Yeah, it's 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 hard to be like like to do bad acting, but it's got to be like even harder to be like it's passable acting like on purpose, you know, like, yeah, uh, he was great with that. Um, just, just him, um, you know, having a, a breakdown basically in the middle of the movie, uh, and him actually doing like really great acting when he, when he has that scene, when he throws the girl, um, he's just kind of all over the place. Um, and he had like, again, the, the stuff with the flamethrower, him in the movies, um, uh, all, all those, the Italian movies and, and the stuff before that, like, uh, uh, you know, we'll say a little bit more about this in a minute, but, uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, <laughs> Tarantino wasn't done filming movies about Nazis, uh, or killing Nazis anyways, <laughs> uh, or West. Anyone or order fried sauerkraut? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That went on. That, yeah, that, man, that that's really hot. Was like, can we do, yeah. 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 That's really hot. Like it's, it's yeah, can we do something about the heat? Rick gets a flamethrower. Rick gets a flamethrower. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio is, is, is great here. Uh, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, number four. My number four is Old Hollywood. Uh, Scott talked about all the great set design and everything. I want to talk more about the neon. Just... It's just so many pieces. I don't know if any of that was digital or if they just recreated all of it. They, they, there must have been some digital stuff, right? But yeah. the neon of old Hollywood and the glitz and glam is always awesome to see. Because as a kid, I do remember some of that stuff still being up. Not a lot, of course. It was 60s. I was an 80s kid. So there, there were still some vestiges of old, old Hollywood there. Um, like I remember the the domed Cinemark cinema movie theaters, mm-hmm. those were still around when I was a kid. Some of the neon lights, but it was just fantastic to see like a, a really clear window into '60s Hollywood. So I've, I've I've been to that that theater in Westwood, by the way. Oh yeah. Do you have to wear shoes when you go in there? I think they make you wear shoes. Yeah, I was I was oh, wearing okay. shoes at the time, so I don't know. Well, now. They do. Not what, you're talking about the one that... Um, yeah, that Sharon Tate goes to. Sharon Tate went yeah. to. Okay. Um, nice. Um, yeah, and those those neon signs, man, they're a relic. I went to the Neon Sign Museum in Vegas. Oh, I want to go there. And, uh, I mean, it's really cool, but they just talk about how expensive... Like, these things are... They're trying to preserve them, but they're not easy to do. And, yeah, it's just it's crazy. Yeah. It's where this technology... I mean, but now you can do it so much simpler with an LED light. I mean, you see, you can buy these things online easy. It's so, uh, so much cheaper. <laughs> but... More flexible. But, yeah, yeah, that old neon, man. Still awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we're on to my number three. And this would be the creepiest scene of the movie, which would be the Spawn Ranch scene. Uh Brad Pitt picks up the hitchhiking girl for you know after the third time's a charm and takes her there and goes sees Bruce Stern and that whole scene. I it gave me the creeps. Nothing happens. I mean, and, except Brad Pitt beats yeah, the shit no. out of a hippie. But uh, telling the truth, which surprised me. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, when the closest Tarantino's yeah, gotten to doing out and out horror was like Death Proof, right? You think so? Yeah, like that's yeah. A, that's yeah. A, yeah the way he films that yeah it's incredibly tense yeah it's it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're literally the last house, maybe the last house on the left, but the last house at the end, and uh, just how deserted that place the is. Rat. And just mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there that rat in the trap. Yeah. Ooh, and Dakota Fanning just being like, everything she says is 100% true and you just go to that room and you can just feel it. It's it's hot but the old man's still up in his pajamas and blankets. Like, oh, I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It's all dusty in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that movie, that first time I was on the edge of my seat watching it was the creeps. and mm-hmm. um, Yeah, in the end, nothing, nothing really happens until uh, that stupid hippie stabs his tire and he beats the crap out of him. Um, it's like they're not very smart. It's like they're telling him to get the hell out. How's he gonna do that now with a flat tire, you yeah. idiot? I know. You stupid hippies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then the whole thing he gets where he gets them, you know, it kind of goes through the end where he meets the the Manson ladies later on in Tex. Uh, yeah, so like Rex. <laughs> no, I'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so much stupider. So not as dumb yeah, as that. Yeah, no. more dumb than that. No, something dumber than that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't know. I looked that up. That's a real Spawn Ranch is a real thing. I don't know anything about that part of Los Yeah, I did, I did not know about the Spawn Ranch. Where, where was that? What city was it's it? Chatsworth. Chatsworth, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I know nothing about Chatsworth. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. Really, people understand how big Los Angeles <laughs> is. We've been, yeah, I know. Well, we don't live in Los Angeles. We live in the metro LA area, it's, and well, LA is not a, <laughs> not, a vertic- not a vertical city. No, it's it is not. I've probably been in ten percent of it <laughs> entire life. What's what's the joke? Uh, it, it takes an hour to get from Los Angeles to Los Angeles. Yeah, <laughs> that is very true. true. It is true. All right, uh, Scott number four. Uh, you mean three, right? The... Oh, yeah, number three. Yeah, uh, like you guys have already said, the, the shooting the westerns. Um, so the actual shooting of it, the the stuff that he actually made, like the the bounty hunter, bounty killer. Uh, yeah, all, all that is is very fun. Um, I think it's it's clear that Tarantino didn't have that out of his system, like. Not not after Kill Bill, not after Hateful Eight, like <laughs> not after Django and Jane, like he still wanted to do some some Western stuff, but he didn't want to film a full on Western, uh, and and it goes to like some of that that ex- exploitation stuff too with the the Italian stuff, um, but yeah, it's 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 all a lot of fun. Um, like Alex pointed out, it it is very cool that we we don't actually see the the filming process. Uh, yeah. We actually see like what the the final result would be, but um, you know, b- as it's being filmed, I guess uh, it's, it's an interesting device. Uh, but yeah, I just grew up like like Jeff, you know, kind of grew up with our with our dads watching westerns, and uh, so I was like a soft spot for this stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's my number three. Nice. And I uh, speaking of dads, I have a, at the very end of this, I'm gonna have to talk about something with this because this is well we'll talk about it later uh yeah. alex number three my number three is the bruce lee fight so 
Yeah, I, it, as it was happening, it's like, okay, let's, you know, let's get into this. Let's see what, what re, what's really happening, because I haven't seen this movie before. Uh, and for, off the bat, yeah, they're way exaggerating, you know, Bruce Lee as this, like, very cocky, over overblown, like, buffoon talking about stuff. And it's, you know, very easy to look at Bruce Lee through, like, this lens, at this angle. Because that's most of the stuff that he was saying, like, in interviews, but... Well, uh, the real Bruce Lee, when he talked about it, you could tell that he, like, he actually meant it without any, at least to me, it seemed like there wasn't any ego into it. This is actually what his philosophy was and what he really believed. Whereas this fabricated fantasy, Bruce Lee, uh, was just kind of talking out his ass. Um, and overall, I really enjoyed within the t- context of the film, it makes sense. And I could, it's plausible the way that they were fighting and everything. But the thing that I took away from it the most is the importance of separating the, the real life individual from the legend or what people perceive that person to be. You know, because I've never met Bruce Lee. I don't think anybody of us has, right? <laughs> so we don't know if that actually was the kind of person he was. I don't think he was. I hope he wasn't, but I don't know. Yeah. You get, you know? So that's what that's what I took away from it. So it was a good scene. So I ended up to admit when I was wrong. It's a, and I really enjoyed it. But yeah, it's important to separate the, the actor from the persona. There it is. Sorry, sorry my headphones cut out there. Can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> all right. Let me say all that. No, again. I heard most. I heard it. Um, <laughs> it just all of a sudden went through my speakers, my computer speakers, on my headphones. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, like I said, and even if it wasn't, I mean, even yeah, if he was like a perfect gentleman, he had nothing to do with this. In this movie, he is talking his mind. And then, like I said, the thing that and even yeah, who picks the fight? All Brad Pitt just chuckled when this guy when he said he could beat. Uh, Muhammad Ali and Cassius Clay. Yeah, he just chuckled. Cassius That's all. And he goes, "What? You have something funny?" I said. And, He'd be paralyzed. Yeah, like, and he chuckled. Plus, this was Bruce Lee during the Green Hornet era. This was when this is when he was a uh, not an international superstar yet. So, yeah, he, he Bruce Lee never reached over the hill, so he was still in his prime no matter what. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, on to my number two, and that would be, uh, Scott already mentioned Leo. I have Leo and Brad in here. I think they're all, both awesome in this movie, and I do find... Yeah, they got good chemistry. ...that this movie, the only time it does lag for me a bit is one of, when one of them is not in it. As, as much as I like Margot Robbie, like, she can't, doesn't really hold any scene on her own. Like, okay, let's get back to one of these two guys. Or, there's yeah, when they're... The, the the Playboy bunny scene, or the, not bunny, but the Playboy mansion scene, that kind of works because, yeah, you mentioned What's-His-Face, Damian Lewis, and that, that works. But for the most part, when one of these guys is not on screen, the movie does kind of like, oh, when are we going to get back to Leo and Brad? <laughs> uh, I think they're both good in this movie, and I think Brad won supporting actor for this movie. Um, I like how I'm just throwing out their first names like I'm buds with them. Um, which... Oh my god, this just reminded me. Uh, <laughs> side story, I had this dream like a month ago 
that I was just at this big fancy dinner, <laughs> sitting with all these uh, celebrities, and Brad Pitt was on my right. We're just talking, and then I was just like, "Man, isn't it weird that we're all friends? Like, how would this have happened? How would I have been friends with you guys?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, like how did you become friends with all of us?" And then I was like, "Oh, you know, because I'm friends with with Ben Affleck." And then. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then, all, then I kept thinking to myself, like, I'm not really friends with Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> Am I confusing myself with Kevin Smith or something? Like, I don't know, it's just so weird. But I'm hanging out with Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Brad Pitt, Leo, and everything. Ah, it was a stupid-ass dream. I cracked myself up. That's why there's, like, a Jimmy Kimmel skit about, like, the club for handsome men. <laughs> Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. I don't know if Brad Pitt was in it, but it's basically yeah, like all like Clooney and like all those guys, and like Jim, Jimmy's a member, and like everybody has to like break it to him. Like, no, no, you actually don't belong. Here. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, both of them in this movie, I I, I loved it, and like I, uh, when I was watching it with Laura, we're like, even now they're a little past their prime, but like this is prime. These two of, I don't know, maybe five or six actors of our life like, are they the guys. And, like, just... Yeah. How do I want to say so, it? Like, but later on, like when we watched other people, when we'll go see, like, a Robert Redford and Paul Newman, it's different because we saw them younger and they were the older guys at that point, right? Like, I don't know. Just something about yeah. it. It was really nice seeing them together and in their prime. So, I, I like pretty much everything that every scene that uh, the DiCaprio's in less so for Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt. Like you, you say it drags when they're not on there for me. It was dragging when it wasn't uh, Leonardo DiCaprio hmm. for the most part. Okay. Like, except of like the spawn ranch scene because it was so tense. Um, and obviously the ending, but uh, yeah, I could have like, I, I felt like I could have left a lot of that. Well, fair enough. I disagree, but fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, what's your number two? Uh, my number two, again, is Chekhov's flamethrower. Um, <laughs> and, and the flamethrower like, ties in a lot to my number one as well. But uh, you know, when, yeah, the, there was the, it was a very funny early on, like we mentioned, like how he was complaining about how hot it was. Um, and now I see it, you know, actually torch the Nazis with the, the fried sauerkraut. Or, or what was the line again? Anybody order Barbecue fried sauerkraut? Okay, yeah. Sauerkraut. Uh, and then, he, yeah, and he goes on and on to uh, Schwarz, which is a weird joke, by the way, uh, <laughs> to, to Al Pacino. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think he goes on and on about, about using that thing and how he was scared shitless. And, uh, but when he goes, he runs off and he comes back out of the shed with that thing strapped to his back. <laughs> I was like, holy the, shit. This, this is like it. a two and a half hour joke, and that was the punchline. Yeah. Like, okay, I get it. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, can, I can live with that. This has not been a waste of my time. Uh, yeah, that, that, was, that was so good. <laughs> it, it was, it was, I mean, obviously, it was comical. It reminded me of like the Naked Gun with uh, Norbert, uh, OJ Simpson, how. Like all the horrible shit keeps happening to him at the beginning. Like <laughs> he, like, oh, he falls yeah. off. He, like steps in paint, steps in a bear trap. Like it's burned. <laughs> oh, like, no. All the shit keeps happening to him. That's what it felt like to that to that girl. <laughs> it's just getting he roasted. Real pale. 
in, in the pool. And then and then they cap that all off the and this also ties into my number one with the the, the line from DiCaprio at the end, like, Yeah, my wife wife's fine, friends in the hospital. Those, those hippies sure as goddamn aren't <laughs> like, like, That's the best. Like, I forget exactly how he says it, but like to paraphrase it. Like, yeah. Is everyone okay? Well, the hippies sure fuck aren't. goddamn aren't. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anyways, I, check out Slamethrower. And I wonder, it's I mean, this could, be, this could be a stretch, but um, the dead, but the end of the movie, right? The dead body in the pool. Is that like a Sunset Boulevard reference maybe? or? Oh, I don't, I don't know. A little bit different. <laughs> um, all right, Alex, number two. My number two is Brandy. She's the hero of this movie. <laughs> She's the real protagonist. Uh, but that whole scene at the end, like, I, I love pit bulls. I've always wanted one. Not allowed to have one because fucking dog racists everywhere. But anyways, she's a beautiful dog. But her being well-trained, they show that scene early on in the trailer and everything that she, you know, she's very loyal, of course. Uh, and, and then at the end, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I was, when the gun is pointing at, at Cliff and they're doing their banter back and forth, and it's like, what's going to happen? Is he going to slap the gun away and start punching him? Is the dog going to go after him first? There's, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. And then everything just explodes <laughs> in gory violence. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh! That and yeah, pit bulls. Once, if they're well trained, they will not stop. They also might not stop if they're untrained. Well, uh, that's true. If they see you as a threat, but they're dogs. So that was they're big. That's dogs, the one thing I wanted to bring up, dogs. and I was a little when the movie started because, um, yeah, I mean, it was with as with anything. It's not how the dogs are trained and everything, and they have a, they have a bad rap and all that stuff. Uh, and so mm-hmm. when he was kind of promoting that in this movie like yeah this dog's badass and he's gonna kill the killers or you know and everything but i think he kind of saves it at the end when the dog like the he got the dog got scared and ran away right and wanted to be with the lady like i think that kind of helped bring that in a little bit it's just not a vicious killing dog that's yeah. the pit bull stereotype once again it was just like no it's a dog got trained yeah. by his master but when shit got real no the dog was still scared and he ran away yeah he heard the gunshot ran off into the back room and uh yeah she was there uh, protecting the uh, hot Italian wife. That that was cute though, like how the she lets her into the room, <laughs> and then yeah, again he has the Caprio has a line later about how like the dog sleeping with her. <laughs> you're, you're not gonna get her yes, back. I don't think you're gonna yeah. get her back. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Ah, but that was amazing. Yeah, I thought it was a dog kind of dog food again. Second hand, Brandy saves the day <laughs> because if they didn't have dog food over at a uh, yeah, that's house, weird that. I, mean, I guess he's over there enough that he would have dog food. I guess. Yeah. Um, is it the first introduction of Wolf to- Wolf's Tooth? I mean, this is a this is a Brad, not a Quentin Tarantino made up brand, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't remember a dog in another. It's not. Movie. <laughs> it's not uh, crispy kabooms or whatever it was. Yeah. Because it might be the first dog animal, right? I mean. Without going, mm-hmm. I mean, not animal. Uh, I guess I, horses. Maybe there's but... something in, yeah. Maybe there's something in Reservoir Dogs in there about <laughs> wolf's tooth. Well, I'll have to rewatch that. Uh, all right, uh, my number one. You guys have kind of touched on it already, but I have mine's listed as all the car scenes, but it's really just driving through L.A. 
and just seeing or Hollywood slash LA and just seeing the old city, seeing 1969 Los Angeles and Hollywood, uh, the way the car is mounted, just the old car itself, and just everything about driving through Los Angeles is just it's just badass. And the, the neon signs turning on at you know at sunset, um, and Brad Pitt just driving through the town. Uh, it's just like I think when when uh, what's his I almost said Clip, but that's him. Uh, when Rick's not in the car, how he drives a little bit more aggressive. Um, yeah. But just, Very aggressive, uh, way more aggressive. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, just the, the the radio stations here, you know, it's before our time, but it's still the same stuff. I'm sure the same DJs that were on in the 60s were the same thing our parents were listening to in the, or at least the early 80s. Uh, a lot of it sounded yeah. familiar. Uh, yeah, I just love driving around old Los Angeles, old Hollywood. Uh, and just really, really dug all that. So that's my... And then <laughs> the intro to the car scene... When after Al Pacino uh, lays down the kind of like the facts of his you know your career is that they're just bringing you in to you know basically the same thing he does with Bruce Lee later on in the movie to you know make your yeah I for, damn it I forgot to mention that <laughs> um, all that and he starts crying and then Brad Pitt puts his glasses on him don't cry in front of the Mexicans yeah, the Mexicans, <laughs> Mexicans. <laughs> yeah you better not cabron. So yeah, that's my number one. Just the representation of Holly, old Hollywood, Los Angeles in this movie. Scott, number one. Uh, number one is the the Manson family getting their comeuppance. Uh, <laughs> we, we've already talked a lot about that. Uh, I I like the the moment after he uh, after Cliff realizes like oh like this is real like these people are here to do bad stuff. He kind of. Like Brad Pitt does a good job there of, like, letting letting that 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 kind of switch be thrown. He's like, oh okay, and then he does the like, whatever yeah. to to signal the the attack. Uh, but yeah. yeah, just after that, just like the cartoon the cartoonish like brutality of it all, um, like it's the dog, like yeah, like biting into nuts, like biting into faces, like it, it's it's gruesome. You see her again, her uh, the the one girl's face caved in from the dog food she's um, just screaming on the floor yeah just the you see the texas head gets stomped uh and then yeah brad pitt like smashes the, the other girl's face like over and over again into different things uh and that was brutal and then the other girl like has just about everything happened to her like <laughs> Like she, she gets the dog thing, she yeah, gets smashed. The Norbert, yeah. And then like uh, she smashes through like the glass, and then she's just out of her mind. And then yeah, and then she gets the flamethrower. <laughs> like uh, yeah, it was is is good stuff. Like like Alex mentioned, maybe there's some catharsis there. Fifty years down the road, like <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know if I would go that far. Um, although I'm sure there there's like I think. Like in the trivia, they mention uh, her sister a lot. Like, yeah, she, uh, Sharon Tate's sister in her life. Um, maybe she enjoyed seeing that. I, 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 I wouldn't know, but uh, I don't, or nobody knows. I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think again, uh, the, the seemed like the whole crux of the movie is so that he could film this one scene. <laughs> like, yeah, he he wanted to do some of the other stuff, like admittedly, with with the westerns and the the Forrest Gump stuff. Um, yeah, this this was the 
the big thing. Uh, what what one small bit of, of trivia? Uh, the woman playing Francesca. Um, that was uh, uh, Lorenza Izzo, um, who was Eli Roth's wife at the time, I think. And they've they're since divorced. No. That's uh, the brunette. Oh, okay. Torched? Or the, no, no, no. The, the Italian. No. Oh, 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 the Italian oh, wife. That's pretty girl's pretty young. All right. <laughs> Get a come into my house. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Bunches of red and then runs away. Yeah. Uh, out of Eli Roth's leaving is all I'm saying. <laughs> so. One thing I wanted to add. Come, come on, mm-hmm. Nice. The only thing I wanted to add to that, which so wait, I mentioned, so I thought the whole, one of the scenes of part of the Bruce Lee was to build up our character to say, like, okay, this guy can take them on, but then maybe by beating up Bruce Lee and all the other stuff, okay, well these these guys are no match for him. So then they have him smoke the lace cigarette to bring it back down. So now you're not sure. You're like, well, I've seen him kick Bruce Lee's ass, but now he's drunk and high as fuck. Yeah, he's, he's high on yeah. acid after yeah. being you know taking a cab home because he was so drunk. So like. I like how he did that. I was like, I don't know. I mean, I still think he can kick his ass, but I'm not sure. So, and thank, thank God, by the way. Like, and, and I appreciate Tarantino not being lazy like this. That somebody else didn't accidentally smoke the the lace cigarette. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I kept I kept I waiting for worried that about to happen. That. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna, that's gonna happen. I'm gonna hate it. And like, nope. <laughs> no, I was, I knew it's like no. There's no way he's gonna do something that stupid. All right, Alex, number one. Uh, Leo and Brad, great screen chemistry together. I fully bought them as like best friends. Uh, it was heartbreaking and pretty hilarious at the same time when they were in Italy and Rome and he's telling them that uh, with the wife and everything, he can't really afford to keep him on <laughs> as like his assistant. Yeah. <laughs> he still has the wig that he has to use on set as a stunt double yeah. and everything but it's you know it's a stuntman wig so it doesn't have to fit perfectly and everything so you can still see like the glue line and shit and everything oh my gosh that was heartbreaking and funny at the same time and uh, uh yeah best friend saves his life saves his wife's life it's great yeah that's the one thing that bugs me when he talks about yeah i'm gonna have to sell the house and Get a condo and whatever he says he's gonna do it. And then like the first thing is his new wife sees the new his Hollywood house and she's super excited. Like so is he <laughs> yeah. about to tell her that oh I'm gonna sell this? And yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but now he's gonna get work from Roman Polanski, so he's all good. <laughs> well yeah, but he doesn't know that at the time. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna be I wanna see Cliff Dalton superimposed in Chinatown now. <laughs> Alright, I got a bunch of stuff to add on here. Um Okay. Well, first, just a couple of auto mentions. Uh, the Kurt Russell narration. Uh, that was awesome, having him do it. And yeah. then there are a lot of random scenes in this movie that, to me, make no sense. And I don't know why they're in the movie. But it could be because I don't know. <laughs> like, like I said, if you have no, if you don't know the backshot, maybe they don't make sense. There, for a couple examples. One, after the play, uh, the Playboy Mansion scene. It just shows the next day Roman Polanski like is in a bathrobe, walks out in the backyard with the newspaper and a cigarette. The dog bothers him. He gets the ball and throws the dog and like says some something and what I don't even know what language he speaks. Is he Polish? What is he? He's okay. Polish. He's Polish. He says something in Polish and, and like and that's it. Like I, it's just to show that Roman Polanski's a dick. He doesn't like dogs. Like 
I don't know. <laughs> and then, so there's that. There's when they're going to the Mexican food places, uh, and Sharon Tate's like, what's going on with all those lights over there? Oh, it's like a grand opening for an adult movie. Uh, yeah, dirty, dirty movie. movie. Like, what was that? Like, I Is that a thing? Is that... See, I think that might be a connection to earlier when she's getting into the movie theater for free. When they say, oh, she was from this thing. Oh, was she her? No, the other one. Oh, she was her. No, the other one. The one that left... Uh, the uh, the one that left and went to do dirty movies. I mean, I remember that conversation. Thing. I just don't know how that's related. Yeah, I don't know either, but that could be why they're related. Okay, I mean, it mm-hmm. could be. I don't know. There's that you mentioned uh, Ethan Hawk, Ethan Hawk's daughter, like that whole her being there and then just taking off and leaving the car it had nothing to do with anything. So I. I did read that there was a person that was part of the party who did run in bail. Like, it didn't... She was convicted as being an accomplice, but she wasn't actually in on the murders, and she didn't go in the house or something. So maybe it was that if you know the story... I see. I don't know. It's, her character really doesn't make sense to me. Like, she doesn't want to go. She takes off. It doesn't affect anything. No, no. There's a few scenes that just felt weird. No, but... Yeah, well, what you said makes perfect sense, then. Yeah. <laughs> it mirrors what happened in real life. I, I think it does. I'm not... I didn't follow it too closely but anyway those are my honorable mentions and i have one more thing to say but if you guys have any honorable mentions um just just again like it's it's all well done but yeah it just feels like the like the scenes that you were talking about jeff like uh, some just unnecessary um masturbatory like he just wanted to film this stuff so he found a way to film it uh, although, like he said, like uh, Tim Roth was cut Ooh. from his scenes, like ah, oh, the divorce. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like well, I'm just curious. Like, he was like, "Oh yeah, we got to show Roman Polanski drinking coffee, but yeah, we can't have Tim Roth." Like, didn't. I mean, maybe that scene just was well, not a good I mean, scene, and that's why. why you yeah, maybe it was unnecessary. Let's uh, what unnecessary is the right word because a lot of it's unnecessary. <laughs> well, uh, not in the director writer's mind, but you know. Anyway, mm-hmm. all right, Alex. Anything? All right. Uh, yeah, my honorable mention is Carmagias are badass. I've been saying that for decades now, <laughs> especially when the wheels stay on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't, I mean, you can actually put your feet down. <laughs> I know that was great. <laughs> Carmagia. Yeah, I know. I wish mine was. You know, in as good a working order as Clips was. Even though it looked pretty beat up. Uh, I liked the nice little touch that they had at the very beginning when they were showing the credits. They showed Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio's credits, but on top, superimposed on top of the wrong, yeah. the opposite actor. Yeah, I like that. So it's like, oh, it's kind of, you know, a little nod to show that, to sh- show, tell the, the audience that they do look alike because they're, you know, stunt man, stunt double, mm. and actor type of thing so i thought that was nice and that's it all right uh so actually, all right, i have two things i also was reading that brad or not brad pitt quentin tarantino was thinking about making this extended like the continuation stories of rick dalton and and it's basically like so after the events of this he gets out in the news about his acting here and his he gets this kind of this uh, career resurgence and 
He stars in all these movies, and then later on he meets Quentin Tarantino, and Quentin Tarantino his career puts him in his movies. Like, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. This is getting yeah, meta. Like, he's John Travolta or Robert Forrester or whatever. All these, it was like it's doubly fr- meta. Yeah, yeah it's freaking weird. Yeah, Jeebus H. Uh, I'm surprised Tarantino uh, didn't guys... put himself in this movie. By the way, he stopped doing that. I think it's because he wasn't in. Hateful he was in the Hateful Eight. Yeah. But that was such like an intimate, like, it would have been hard to work himself into that one. Yeah. Mm. That's true, because he still was in Django, but he wasn't in Inglorious Bastards. Well, I don't know. Was, was he in Inglorious? Yeah, he might not have been. I don't think he was. Not that I recall. I don't think he's in Death Proof either. But anyway. Well, he's in, he's in Planet Terror, though. He is in Planet Terror, but not. <laughs> yeah, he is. Well, most of them yeah. is. <laughs> Some of them fell apart. Um. All right, so there's the one thing I mentioned about my dad. So, um, my dad, I, I I've mentioned many times, didn't different, totally different tastes than movies. Uh, but the one thing is, he did. He and I both did like Quentin Tarantino movies, and we both kind of had the same thing. Where like the first time we watched Pulp Fiction, we really didn't get it or like it. And then you watch it again and again, and every time you watch it, it gets better and better, and you really like it. And my dad had that with a few of his movies, too. So that's one thing. <laughs> my dad. Every single song that became popular in a Quentin Tarantino movie, my dad had been listening to my entire life. And they were all, except for, like, some of the stuff in Kill Bill that was a little more modern. But, like, all these songs has always been like that. So in this movie, at the end... Snoopy versus the Red Baron when he's listening to in, his, in the pool with the friend oh, through right, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. I even listened, my dad <laughs> had that on a singles record. Like, I'd listened to that my entire life. It just goes back to that. Um, they mentioned El Segundo, right? When he's landing, they don't say he's landing at LAX, it's El Segundo. That's where my dad grew up. Um, he, he mentioned something about, someone mentioned something about the Illustrated Man. Oh, it's like it's a radio commercial. My dad. Calls our friend Chris, yeah, yeah. the Illustrated Man. I don't know if you guys know that. But yeah. He's always I know, I <laughs> he calls this. his Illustrated Man. They look, they showed comic books laying around. There's Sergeant Furry and the Howling Commandos. Those are the comic books my dad collected. He still has them. Actually, well, I have them now. Um, love of Westerns and all these old 60s and 50s, 70s Westerns. That's all my dad watched until <laughs> the day he died, basically. Uh, the radio stations, all the music, just all of that stuff just... This totally reminded me of my dad. Um, I don't know. I, he was alive when this came out, but I don't think at this time he was already sick. I don't know if he ever got a chance to watch it, um, but I wish he did, and he was healthier, obviously, at the time. But it was just a lot of this stuff reminded me of my dad, so uh, maybe that's another reason why I really do like this movie. But I had to bring that up, because it's still every time I watch it. I actually had my mom watch it. I'm like, Mom, you, you should watch it. You'll like it. Uh, just the ending, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> you may want to... <laughs> so she, I warned her up front. I'm like, it gets really gory at the end, but the rest... I, I must. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> she didn't really like it, but she did see... She did recognize, yeah, like some of the stuff that did remind her of my dad. But anyway, just wanted to mention that. Um, yeah. Anything else? All right. <laughs> We're already four, four hours into this. Uh, let's rate it. <laughs> Just like the Kate Terry yeah. movie. Uh, as usual, we rate on a scale of 1 to 7. 1 being garbage, 7 being perfection. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first. I could give it a 7. While there are better Quentin movies, I really enjoy this movie. It's still great. And, uh, yeah, for all the reasons I talked about, 7 for me. Uh, Scott. Uh, it's a 5 for me. Uh, I still really liked it. There, there are a few like sequences I really love, like the ending. 
Uh, but yeah, it just didn't land for me, like the Tarantino stuff. And and while it wasn't necessarily boring, it did feel like it dragged for me for a lot of it. So yeah, fine. That's why this movie does not... The only part that drags for me is when the scene with the little girl when they're just reading their books in front of the salon. Even even though it's a good scene, it does drag a little bit for me. That's the only part. Oh, really? If you watch it a bunch of times, then you... You know, like with Star Wars. Well... <laughs> like, well, I love yeah. Star Wars, but, I mean, R2 and C-3PO are running through the desert for the first half an hour. Eh, it's a little boring. Alex? Nah. Uh, this is a six for me. I really love this movie. And I still have to catch up on uh, Django Unchained and Hateful Eight. I haven't seen those movies. Let's add them to our list because I need to rewatch both of those movies because those are my two least favorite. But I know with almost every movie of, of his I've watched, I like him better the second and third time. So, yeah, why don't you add these to your list as opposed to whatever? Well, I'm not taking Low Blow <laughs> off. That's for damn sure. All right. Uh, our crossover topic is top uses of Hollywood in movies, TVs, and shows, and uh, more of Hollywood as a, a city, a backdrop, not necessarily Hollywood, the business. Um, but we'll see. I'm sure we're always we're always loose on the rules. I'm always dead on. I'm not just talking about. <laughs> uh, so uh, my number five is uh, a Sunset Boulevard. Uh, I've only seen this movie once, but it's a big it's a big movie out there that deals with all this stuff and. Uh, yeah. Every time I go to Hollywood, I, I feel like it's that movie. I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but that's my number five. Hmm. So it's a Boulevard. Scott. Uh, my number five is Ed Wood. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's oh, good. that's it's good. Definitely in the, the heart of Hollywood. The, <laughs> uh, the, the weirder part. Um, some great performances. And uh, yeah. All right. We've all seen it. Alex. Number five. My number five is not the whole movie, which is why this is on my number five, but the very end of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, when they go through the bicycle race <laughs> through the back lots and everything, and then Pee-wee ends up in a Hollywood movie That's at the drive-in theater. Yeah. Benjamin Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have a video game on here. Um, oh, wow. oh it, this game I think is pretty controversial. I don't know. It's not really a game. It's one of those you're basically watching a movie when you move the character around. It's the L.A. Noir that came out. I don't know how many okay. years how many years ago. Uh, well, it's kind of all over L.A. There's definitely a lot of it having to do with uh, Hollywood, and I really put video games, so I want to do that. Is that the Rockstar yes. one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Well, the the way they wrapped up the story was really stupid. See, I don't even remember it, but I just remember. Ah, oh, it was. It put so that, the dumb. game put like a whole studio out of business. By the way, <laughs> oof. Why is yeah. that? It like just didn't make as much money as they wanted to. They used like some kind of like special like facial yeah. animation tech, yeah, right? And it was really expensive, and yeah, it just it didn't make like GTA money, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because it really wasn't open world, and they kind of made it open world, but not really. Like it was, yeah, it's kind of, but yeah, yeah. And you, and Rockstar still has a problem with making shooting feel yeah, good, I don't. you know, in their games. It's it's not, you know, it still doesn't click a hundred percent. Yeah, I know. GTA sucks though. That yeah. shit. It's... But yeah, oh, the right, the wrapped up the story was so stupid. All right. Um... 
I hate well, it. I liked in that game. What's that movie like? They say it's like the biggest, most expensive budget of all time. Uh, what are so, we? Uh, well, probably not all time, but maybe with inflation, the the, the big elephants on the streets and it's oh, uh, Hannibal crossing it's, the. Elephant. It's black and white, and it's um, it's a <laughs> it's, it's a silent over. movie. Uh, fuck. Anyway, uh, the Ten Commandments. No. Shit. Anyway, there's like they have those sets. Like I don't know if you remember, there was like these statues, and then you have to go through. Like the sets are still there from that movie. Those I thought was pretty cool. What the fuck okay. is that movie called? It's like the Jurassic. I think Park. it goes through different times in history. I'm looking it up. The uh... time machine. Anyway, P- Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... The Maltese Falcon. I'm just naming old movies now. <laughs> Transformers: The Last Night. Oh, that's what you're going. Was with. it that Are one? You, is that yeah, Jeff? Is that it? It's definitely not it. There's Cleopatra, there's Cleopatra <laughs> which is not black and white. That, that no, it has the stuff you're talking about, Jeff. Uh... Wild Wild West. <laughs> oh, this movie is fucking old. As... It's like it's a silent film. Waterworld. Uh... I said Waterworld. You guys just wish it was Already. a silent film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll find it before the end of the movie. I, uh, the end of this episode. Yeah. The Postman. Uh, Feel the Dreams. Tin Cup. Oh, it's like Waterworld. <laughs> Waterworld. <laughs> God, I'm sure somebody... Well, maybe not. No one knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Someone's yelling at, at their stereo. Their stereo. Anyway, um, Scott number four. <laughs> You're yelling at the, the sun guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, my number four uh, is speaking of of actors that they get cast uh, after the fact by Tarantino to give them a resurgence to their careers. Uh, get Shorty uh, with John Travolta. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh! It's, it's, it's a good movie. Uh, it's about a a Shylock that comes to Hollywood and um, his his skill set allows him to navigate. <laughs> the ins and outs of Hollywood surprisingly well uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a fun movie uh, get shorty did you know there was a silent pin her anyway um, intolerance nope there it is Dude, Jennifer Lopez <laughs> baby bird <laughs> oh baby <laughs> that's right he was in intolerance. <laughs> oh, 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 oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, you know who, who could have been in uh, Anaconda, but wasn't. Who? Alex. Uh, <laughs> a Rosie oh, Perez. Perez. Oh, Billy! All right, let's go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my number four is uh, at the a movie that was just a giant prank on this one poor schmuck, and that is Windy City Heat. Oh, they cast oh, this guy God. in a fake movie. They told him that they were going to make a fake movie. Man, should... well, they didn't tell him. They thought he was filming. A, he thought he was filming a real movie and everything, but it was all completely fake and fabricated. Uh, and this poor bastard, they took him. <laughs> they made him do some horrible so, things. So, Alex... The first yes. time I watched it, I, I gave like the benefit of the doubt that that he didn't actually know. 
But I have a hard time. Like, I know like, that somebody's that dense. That, that he didn't know. Like, but but if he didn't, then it's like the funniest thing that's ever happened. But yes, uh, when he <laughs> the, the ending is like the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> With Godzilla. Oh my god. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> yeah, Windy City Heat from Comedy Central. Nice. All right. Uh, my number three, and like I, said, I try to keep mine specifically to Hollywood. Um, it was hard and stuff drifts in L.A., but I think this counts. Uh, this is an, uh, a two-part or three-part episode of episodes of Seinfeld when Kramer goes to Hollywood to become an actor, and then uh, oh damn, that's and then good. George yeah. and Jerry go out to find him because they think he's they think uh, Kramer is a killer. He's being framed for some from some murders and just. All that stuff. Yeah. Jerry and George and just LA or Hollywood. Alright. Uh Scott, number three. Number three is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's good. Um which is generally higher on my list for for various different lists. But uh here, number three, Mm -hmm. um definitely a Hollywood story, Hollywood noir. Um Mm -hmm. and uh it's also about Hollywood, not just taking place there. So yeah, kiss, 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 bang, bang. Iron Man. <laughs> Iron Man. Alex, number three. <laughs> uh, my number three is a very heavy drama where a poor, uh, where an aspiring uh, and very chipper uh, Mormon missionary finds himself in the seedy <laughs> underbelly. Damn it. <laughs> Of the of the <laughs> of the pornographic industry, and that is orgasmo. Brett's got to make that money so they can get married and the only yeah. father. And, and, uh, what's what's, what's, mean, his, what's his name? You mean you'll pay me this much money to be in your movies, and you don't even have to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's his porn name? Tom Hung or something? I forget the. Yeah, something like that. Joe Joe Hung and Choda Boy Choda Boy Cock Rocket <laughs> Have we done that movie? No Pretty sure I we have so. No I know we haven't uh, I've yeah, never seen it Alright uh, <laughs> There we go DVDA uh, My number two <laughs> is Who Framed Roger Rabbit Oh damn it Yeah drop Shit. the ball on this one That's good <laughs> Um <laughs> Yeah, it's all about Hollywood in that one. So, even cartoons. Alec, sorry, Scott, yeah. number two. Uh, number two is La La Land. Uh, yep, a lot of... La La Land. La La Land. Uh, aspiring, uh, people aspiring to their dreams in, in Hollywood. It's great. All right. Won the, won the Oscar for Best Picture. Yeah, it did. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait. About... <laughs> It technically, it won, technically, it won for Best Picture. Technically. Alex, number two. <laughs> uh, my number two is uh, Entourage. A TV show, or HBO show, uh, entirely set in Hollywood, follows the career of Vinny Chase from not-so-humble beginnings, because he's already got like a big mansion and everything in season one. And uh, it goes through his trials and tribulations as a very rich, handsome movie star. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I agree with the selection because this is my number one. Um, I love the show. Uh, 
I think people like the show for different reasons. I was really more in it for the Hollywood stuff. I was just curious of all the backstage stuff and how much of that was real. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But same. there obviously is lots of eye candy and bro stuff going on in this movie. But um, I, yeah. I always just love the 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 fake drama at the end of it. Everything's going right. You know, oh, you decided to start a threesome with playmates and I'm going to make a million dollars for just being in a commercial. And then something weird happens and just E looks at the camera. E and Ari just like, oh, God damn it. Leo might get that part. You know, like whatever it was. And then the, <laughs> the next episode starts and it was like, nah, he's not getting that part. That was somebody else. They were just talking out of the right. <laughs> I mean, the best part from the episodes that I saw was, was generally Jeremy Piven. Yeah. Like there's, there's, yeah, the, the whole agent side of it was my yeah, favorite. An episode where they have the the uh, Sklar brothers, like in the, the I don't know if you know who that is but the twins in real life. Oh yeah, um, the the comics, and he they're like they're having beef oh, yeah. with each other, so he fires one of them, <laughs> and like Mary J. Blige in it, and oh god, I I'm, I can't do it justice. But he calls them mutants. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. Anyway. One of them, like, can't see, or he can't see because he's crying because he has, like, LASIK eye surgery or whatever. And then, uh, is that the one? And then he comes back the next day and he's in, like, the meeting with the boardroom with everybody and he's reading shit from across the room and everyone's impressed. <laughs> and then Ari's like, oh, your eyes are working good? And then he just writes on there, like, get fucked, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just like I said the relationship that the, the bros being not bros, but just you know being there for your buddies and then just all of the Hollywood stuff. I I really love that show. I've rewatched that series numerous times. Um, also, Emmanuel Shriki. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, uh, that's my number one. So Scott, number one. Uh, my number one is that's a, the the best of these movies that I've seen, but I. Does the best at showing Hollywood, which is Chaplin. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Either. Yes, I've seen it once. Yeah, the Chaplin biopic, and um, I remember really liking. Yeah, like it. Yeah. like half the movie is basically like how they filmed all that stuff, um, and it's great. And it also has Iron Man. Yeah. So it was Tin Man back then. <laughs> Just Tin Man, yes. Iron Heart. Uh, so, dude, oh, it's like three hours long. I don't know. Anyway, Chaplin. <laughs> yeah, they don't even talk. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Alex, number one. <laughs> my number one is really my first exposure to the glitz and glamour of Hollywood and what it might be like, and that's the old... Warner Brothers cartoons, when they used to do spoof and caricatures of all the actors of the time. Yeah. But I watched this in the early 80s when I was a kid, and, like, this is my how I knew like who Clark Gable was or even um, uh, Humphrey Bogart, all those guys from all the old movies, Errol Flynn, because they, the WB made fun of them and did character cartoons, like whole episodes of like, Oh, and what's the, this actor up to blah, blah, this and that. And Clark Gable with his giant ears flapping in the wind. Yeah. I never thought about that. There but it is. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and then you're a wise guy. Like all like the gangster stuff they'd always make fun of. What? My, my <laughs> yeah. favorite was always the um, uh, what's her name? God damn it, Hedy uh, Lamar. Not Hedy Lamar. The Captain Hepburn. Yeah. The, it's a rally good oh, yeah. day for a picnic. Rally it is. Rally. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I had one honorable mention. Uh, it was just Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. It's pretty stupid though, so I left it off. Yeah. Uh, the Rocketeer. Rocket who? That had some. Yeah, Rocketeer. <laughs> I see what you did there, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Timothy Dalton is, as uh, Errol, friend, er, Errol Flynn. Uh, type of type of guy. Uh, L.A. Confidential. Yeah, um, is more of a general mm-hmm. Los Angeles than Hollywood, but there's a lot of Hollywood stuff in there. Yeah, the movie we just did, Big Sleep. Would you consider that a Hollywood movie, or is that more? yes? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, there was definitely Hollywood stuff going on yeah. there. Yeah, nobody sleeps in Hollywood. Nobody walks in L.A. <laughs> yeah, nobody sleeps in Hollywood. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for Alex No Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. sports. So every once in a while, the internet is great. And today I was scrolling through Instagram, and on one of my stories, which I uh, reposted, by the way, if you join our Instagram, you can see it, how completely insane the UFC was in 1993 when it started. Oh, the, <laughs> because it was a tournament. Was, like, the, was, like, the only rule was, like, what, no biting? Like, was that even a rule? It's like no biting, yes. no biting, and no eye gouging. Like pretty much everything else went. Yeah. So bare fists, uh, no weight classes. So in the clip I saw, it was a two hundred pound guy versus a six hundred pound guy. And he breaks his hand on his <laughs> and, head, right? Uh, oh, I think so. Yeah, because he was smashing him with his forearm for the rest of the match. Jeebus H. Just some of the pictures, because I don't think I want to watch the videos anymore. <laughs> Except for who's the uh, jujitsu guy? Gracie Silva. Who's Gracie? Yeah, Royce Gracie. Royce. Uh, just tying up fools and it's like really huge guys, like twice his size, tying them up in his robes and knocking them well, out. That's, that's that, like, it was that, like, that was great. It was like cheesy because you you got there the giant like yeah the the gi the jujitsu gi, and then you basically go on his back yeah. and like these guys had to go get him and they just didn't know any jujitsu and so that's how you win. Like, no hey, players, he tried to punch people, whatever. Like the... Nope. Yeah. He wins. Those, those were the rules. Like, I don't blame him for doing it. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it, it was a yeah. tournament. You fought like three times in one night if you went to all the way to the finals. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, they don't do now. Most guys do. No. Jeebus. One of the first ones that I saw was like this real scrawny guy that was supposed to, that was I guess a black belt like third degree black belt in Karate versus some dude that was as big as as like uh, with Cock Lesnar <laughs> he just steamrolls over this guy <laughs> well, yeah cause his tattoo he's got well, a no, the, on the, his chest the, the nickname is Cock Chestner <laughs> oh my bad <laughs> but he gets steamrolled like immediately like three seconds into the fight it's ridiculous. Which guy? I don't I, like. I said I don't remember their names because these no, guys. No, no, are no. I mean, like, I mean, skinny guy. The, the... Yeah, the skinny guy gets steamrolled. Okay, okay. Oh yeah, no question. <laughs> I remember thinking, all right. I wonder how this is going to shape up. Well, yeah, should have seen that coming. It's <laughs> like a point. If you, consecutive thoughts. If you, if you can like get punched in the face repeatedly, that gives you an advantage over somebody that can't. <laughs> yeah, if you, have, if you have Homer Simpson syndrome, yeah. he'd stand a good chance. All right, just before we leave sports, uh, NHL playoffs have started, NBA playoffs have started, so it's a good yeah, time for sports. sports. Ball. Yeah. 
Yeah. Go Kings. All right, it's time for Neem News. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we're running really late here, so I think perhaps we will save uh, Mando for one last go next week. Nah, let's do it. Uh, yeah, we could do like nah, a whole, whole wrap-up. No? Okay, fuck it. All right, let's fuck just... We'll do it live. Yeah. Skip everything. Let's just go to Mando. I have really nothing else to say. Uh, all right, yeah, let's just do Mando. Uh, not much happens in this episode. Like, <laughs> so maybe this won't take that long. Um, they decide to go to Mandalore. Spoilers. Like, as yeah. per the in the last episode, they they say, "Hey, it's time to go to Mandalore." They use the fleet. They go to Mandalore. Um, they reiterate the whole thing again about how uh, there's no like you, you can't broadcast the surface because of the radiation or whatever the hell the storms. Um, we do get mm-hmm. one scene of like we we, we do see uh, Moff Gideon and the spy girl from. Coruscant talking, and then we see him talking to everybody else, and they do mm-hmm. bring mm-hmm. up Thrawn to this Shadow Council or whatever the hell they called it. Um, basically, all these Imperial officers. Um, yeah, that's, I'm going to stop you right there, Scott. Alex, did you recognize one of the names of one of those people? Uh, yes, didn't they mention Hux? They did. So, okay, there was two people. So yeah, one of the guys was Hux, which whatever I I care less about Hux, but the other guy, the one that was featured most, was Pelion. Does that ring a bell? No, who's that? Pelion? Was Thrawn's right hand man? That's kind of like the perspective character. Uh, that shit! All the books. So was that the old? Was, was that the old guy that was saying like they should wait for Thrawn? Yes. Okay. So, so the books a lot of he's kind of like your entry. He's the one who's always asking the questions. To throw on, like, why would you know? Why are you doing this? And he was, you know, he's the <laughs> he's the audience yeah. foil. <laughs> um, but he, uh, he's like hardcore rebel or imperial, um, but imperial with heart. He always has. He's not evil for evil's sake, but he, you know, he's just a good soldier and everything. But yeah, that's as soon as they said that name, I perked up because he is a big character in all the Thrawn stuff. Um, so anyway, so the only, so the only, like, the interesting part out of that was like, okay, we knew like Moff Gideon was a thing still. Um, Mm-hmm. Now there's some infighting. Big surprise because the, the the empire. Um, now only two of those seem to hold like any real power besides Gideon, I guess. Um, where the yeah the guy that was Thrawn's right hand, and like he wouldn't say where Thrawn was. Yeah, the other guy that was like not even like a general or a moff, whatever. He was just like a commandant, a colonel, whatever. Like, yeah. I don't know who that guy was supposed to be. He was the one that like had the purse strings. Um, but that was Hux. Was. was that Hux? Okay. Yeah, they kept saying coming on yeah. Hux. Uh, okay. I I went right. I, I I couldn't wait for that scene to be over. I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, I, I this is my favorite nah, yeah. episode of the season so far. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It really got back to. I mean, like, it, it, was, it was cool at the end, which we'll get into. But uh, I, and that's. Yeah. I mean, the show is pretty terrible, so it'd be my favorite of a bunch of crap. Is <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Like it. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's been great, but. Uh, in, 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 anyway, um, so they have this shadow council, and like, there's the one moth where she says. Uh, like, oh, there's people that love the Empire all over the place. I'm like, sure, there are. 
<laughs> yeah, they're just waiting to take ours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how delusional. Like, I thought that was interesting. Like that that they're like that delusional. Um, not that people like necessarily love the. Uh, uh, yeah, the new republic. Thank you. I always want to call them the rebels. But <laughs> people love the republic either, but uh, yeah. So, so Gideon like. Scott, yeah, some people just want to make the Empire great again, and you just, I you guess know. I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the mega people. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Gideon asked for a few super soldiers, some, some TIE fighters, because um, he needs to, like, hit the Mandalorians, as I predicted. I, not that that was very difficult, but that the, yeah. they were going to come to loggerheads. Uh, but then we cut back to the Mandalorians and make it to Mandalore. Um, All right, Scott, you're you're missing like the mm-hmm. best part of this episode. I could not care less about them like like getting along. No, you you missed them scooping the insides out of a sentient being and then putting a little baby inside of it and have it walk around going. No. Oh yeah, yeah, I <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah, I thought, quote, you know what, I, I just, quote, like, put... I, yeah, I, like, to quote hedonism, but... I, like, blocked, <laughs> as brilliant as it is stupid. I, I, I like, blocked that out of my, like... Oh, oh my gosh. They, I mean, it was adorable, and I laughed a lot. But, yeah. like, literally, last episode was just about how droids, like... They, they, are people. They are people. Yeah, they go yeah. to bars, and they just want to be, you know, do have a meaning in life. Yeah. And then the next episode, just, yeah, we gutted this one and put a little baby in there because it's cute. For for yeah, for like a brief moment of joy, I thought that that like one of those Babu Fricks was gonna be able with him and like pilot that thing for him. Oh uh, yeah, that'd be cool. It'd be like it'd be like, like no. fucking Rambo, but like a Rob, Babu Frick, um, <laughs> in the 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 death droid. Uh, but no, no. So now we got Grogu in the scene walking slow as shit. By the way, oh I guess his little suspender pod wasn't that fast either. Yeah. Um, you get carried everywhere. Yeah. So no, the little shit can carry his own weight. Yeah. I guess so. I, as stupid <laughs> as it was, I liked it and I laughed. And <laughs> yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I was. I, know, I mean, yeah, no, it was cute. Like, like how you kept hitting the stupid button. Like, uh, yes, 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 no, yes, yes no. Yes, yes, no. Yeah, he's yes, stiff-armed, yes. Mando. <laughs> get out of there! No. Um, of all the things I was expecting to happen with IG 11s corpse. It yeah, was not this. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was like out the window. It was like, whoa, <laughs> that was a curveball. <laughs> so, so, anyways, we jump back to, to Mandalore for whatever reason. Like, wait, hold they on, can't sorry, land so, in the same so, spot. Wait, Alex, or sorry, Scott. I just realized this is pretty much like the 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 bad guy from Turtles, Krang or Kang, isn't it? Yeah, Krang. <laughs> it, it's, it's the Krang. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of like the Krang. So was the Krang's thing was like autonomous when he wasn't in it, right? No, he was in it, like in the midsection, yes. wasn't he? No, he no, was. Sometimes, sometimes he'd pop yeah. out for yeah. whatever reasons, yeah. and but that the machine would still like run itself. Yeah, well, all Grogu has to do is use the Force with this thing. It'll be yeah, badass, and I'm sure that's going to happen. Yeah, um, but yes. It, Yes. Anyways, yes. Did they explain? Okay, so they get to Mandalore. They explained like mm-hmm. why he couldn't land in the same spot he did before, right next to where they needed to go. Because that wasn't 
where they needed to go. That was where the living waters were, not where the Master Forge was. But they didn't didn't know where the Master Forge was until they met up with the Mad Max people. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, the Mad Max Mandos are awesome. (laughs) Those are epic costumes right there. So, so I did. I did like that. There, I mean, it did make sense that there were still some surviving Mandalorians um, actually on the yeah. planet. Um, how none of like how the giant whatever that thing was appeared like was dumb. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, like now of all times, just uh, I, I guess because all the activity of them landing maybe, but then but and then the empire wandered was, into his territory. Then like so. the empire yeah. had been doing shit the whole time. Like, yeah, it didn't... Yeah, underground, not on the surface. I think uh, I might yeah. set up setting up something for next episode, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah. At first I thought it was going to be like the yeah, Mythosaur, yeah. but like, no, it's some other thing that's like way more powerful than the Mythosaur, so why do they worship the Mythosaur and not this other thing? <laughs> you don't know uh, how strong a Mythosaur is. Yeah, or how big it is. We have some idea. Yeah, bigger than that thing. No. <laughs> No, that thing was way bigger than the Mythosaur. Yeah, what if the Mythosaur just had a really tiny head? That is true. What if it mm-hmm. had like heads for hands, and that was just one of its hands? <laughs> That's also true. And it could be like, it's like a Medusa. It's yeah, just it a hair. It's yeah. one of the snakes. Yeah, just one of the okay. snakes on the Medusa okay. head. See, I'm telling right. you. Also, this thing was pretty much like the uh, Watcher. Or what's the creature outside the Mines of Moria? It's just kind of scared him to go into the, into the caves. Mm, That's um, true. It's also this. There's a lot of Lord of the Rings stuff when she's trying to pick her bar, her boarding party, and you have my saber and my axe and my jetpack, yeah. and I will go. Yeah, it was. I will go. I was laughing because I was like way. expecting every single Mandalorian to be like, "I'll go." <laughs> yeah. Eventually, they just end yeah. the scene. Yeah. The uh, so they they get there. All these Mandalorians have to mingle. There, there's some infighting. Uh, which a little bit, which basically only served to have Grogu break it up. Yeah, with the robot because uh, he's a foundling. Yeah, you always have to listen to the family. I, I did like when they're playing whatever space chess, and he doesn't jump. He's, you can't do that. These are the rules. Then the guys comment like, "You guys on your fucking rules." Like I just like that. <laughs> yeah, the bumpkins just make their own. <laughs> yeah, moves. I thought that was pretty hilarious. Oh yeah, them's fighting words. I I do like that all the Mandalorians are aggro though. To, whether they like walk the path or not, like they're already to murder each other, yeah. <laughs> and they will let them fight. Yeah. It's just let's let's let this play out. Yeah. <laughs> let them fight. It's gotta happen. Uh, so they no. Yeah, the giant thing shows up. They don't have to run. They go underground. I forget why they send the forge master back. The wounded. Oh, she has to go send the wounded. Oh, back. that's right. Yeah, because okay, get yeah, yeah. wounded. So yeah, they go back. Okay. And there was she some very mm-hmm. ominous music as she was going back to the ship. So yeah, I, yeah. And the name of this episode mm-hmm. was Spies. Oof, I know, and we didn't get to see the other one. And so I'm thinking it's either her, which probably not, or that the other dude, the the guy that fought the guy at chess. Because he bails too, right, before the fighting starts? Doesn't he bail? Yeah. yeah he also he says, I'm going to go send, send word to the others. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was wondering about that too. They bring up a good point. Uh, if it's her, that's wild. Like that, that would be, that'd be crazy. Like in a good, in yeah, a good way. Nuts. Cause like she's Mandalorian and she walks the path, but she's decided like, like she's gone insane. She's decided that 
the Mandalorians have to be destroyed or whatever. Or, or this is the only way to like forge them into a new people is to like bring the Empire down on them or something like weird like that. that and make that, make them tough. Yeah, that'd be cool. Hammer hammer them. Yeah, the, with the, the Empire. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think she she's like very been like, but then like Gideon like doesn't want them to like. It seems like the Empire people don't want them there. So if she is a spy, like that doesn't make a lot of sense. I, or even the other guy too, because like, yeah, I don't know. Like, do you like mm. it's a trap? But it's a trap. Uh. They just played but, very ominous music when she... It was really weird. And then... Yeah. I was trying to think if it makes sense for her character. She's, we've never seen her face, so she could... I don't know, be some... But then... I was trying to think... So remember, the cloning facility in the first two seasons was on Navarro, right? And that's where you we meet all these people. And when Mando yeah. goes back, all the Mandalorians have been killed except her. So that's kind of suspicious. Right, I, I don't know. There's there's things. Well, that they do have the whole sequence where she's just beating ass, like wholesale ass, like. Sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, she could just kill them all, but I don't know, just there's some stuff there. I don't, I think it's either him or her, or even the Mad Max guys. I don't know. We don't know who these guys are. How do they stay survive out there this whole time? It did seem that one guy was like also really shady. One of the Mad Max. Yeah. Like so, between him and the like, yeah, the the wolf, whatever that guy's name was, Axe Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, X buddy yeah. um him and then I guess potentially her yeah yeah you guys are right spies plural we only see one hmm. Uh, hmm. which was but it's clear that, it's clear that the empire already had Beskar and they used that to help them break Gideon out so that didn't necessarily have to be anything like Mandalorian related other than the Beskar right yeah yeah so uh, anyway. They they get they, they head to the Great Forge. They get uh, ambushed. ambushed. And they stumble upon a uh, facility, an Empire facility. Yeah, garrison, pretty much. Yeah. Gideon yeah. just comes out and drops exposition for like ten minutes. <laughs> Twirls his mustache. Um, yeah, but he's so good at it that I didn't. Mind. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Uh, yeah. And then he sends them sends his like new tie fighters and stuff after the the fleet that he knows is up there somehow mm-hmm. um and then the man can the mandalorians don't make a good accounting for themselves like yes they're like dominating but like they should be dominating more like what, what, i don't know i mean they they yeah i do like that they have the stormtroopers now have beskar armor but they're still getting taken apart um, their mistake was going in close <laughs> the close quarters combats with the Mandalorians because they just they know where all the spaces are between the armor. Yeah. It was it wasn't until like the most badass moment of the entire series where the the big do we even know that guy's yeah, name? Big Blue. Yeah. yeah where he just blue. fucking goes like goes full hand. Has Visla something like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this is why people are afraid of the Mandalorians. Like, okay. Like, why aren't we seeing more of this? Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, like if you're the Empire and you, you see, like, one guy, like, take out an entire battalion before you have to send, like, what, whatever the hell the red guys are. Pre- um, Praetorian guards. Praetorian guards. Like, r- right, but, like, yeah. what are they? 
they're pretending. Yes, I get that, but like, what's their deal? I I think they're just the the Imperial Royal Guards from sort of special train, like the special, 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 special Imperial Guards. Like, there's yeah, like a step below Jedi level fighting ability. Okay, so are they force sensitive? I don't that think I so. I think they're just really good at fighting. Okay. But even then, it takes all three of them basically to take him out. Mm-hmm. After he's already been I like... Re- yeah, after no. he's already been like weakened by all these other attacks. Uh, I really wish he would they would have let him take out at least one of those guards. That would have been cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like, uh, oh, he had his hand on his throat on one. I thought he stabbed him at first. I'm like, oh shit, he's going to take but, one but then, down. But then it's like, like, it's like you were saying earlier, Jeff was saying earlier about... Uh, about Cliff fighting Bruce Lee. <laughs> Get to like set these guys up a little bit. Because yeah, because um, how many did um, yeah. Kylo and what's her face fight? Ray fight in that scene. Ray. I think I think it was like six. six right? Yeah, you have to make them. If, if it's not, it was tough for them. Then it's definitely going to be tough for. Well, whatever. I don't even want to talk about the sequels. It never happened. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was, yeah, we we do get that badass scene where like. The guy goes ham, and that was awesome. Uh, that that reminded me of like the end of uh, Rogue One. I thought you were going to say Rambo. Uh, <laughs> Rambo, <laughs> Rambo too, or or UHF. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, he goes, he goes full Punisher. <laughs> Just <laughs> but the. The voice modulator because that one. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know if, what else you guys want to say. Next week is the or well, this week really. Uh, next <laughs> yeah, episode is hour. the no, final episode. Uh, yeah, I, I have not enjoyed this season, but this last episode was I thought I, I liked it much better. We have a proper villain. It the show doesn't seem to know what it wants. Proper. Probably and then this we finally got a villain here. We got the kind of, which is kind of interesting. Like they're setting up okay the empire, but then we just know that like, okay, well this first order shows up at some point. So like, I guess of all those people in the secret council, it's the Hux clan that wins out. Like I, I don't know. So they're setting that up. So ultimately Thrawn fails, right? I mean I'm assuming. So at least it's kind of setting up questions. I like that we have that or 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 Thrawn. Like mm-hmm. distances distances himself from the empire, the emperor. Maybe I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what the story is like behind it. Like, if Thrawn was ever like a super loyal guy, or he just believes in what the empire is doing. Yeah, uh, he's, he's. I forgot what it is. He's just kind of a dick. <laughs> a blue dick, a big blue dick. Yeah. He's the he's the Doctor Manhattan of the Star Wars universe. Um, he sure I, I like the scene where there was actually had some decent stuff in this one. Uh, what's her face? Uh, Starbucks, like you know, uh, the only reason they're following me is because of the stupid sword or whatever. And then you know he kisses like I'm following you because of this and not because of that. I just that stuff was good to see. Yeah, that that was that was cool. His his basically his yeah. declaration of loyalty. Uh, my ox. Uh, yeah, I like I like the baby Grogu stuff. Was not imagining seeing that. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. weird as it is. Uh, yeah, I just yeah, I don't know. I just think they they yeah, 
I'm not going to rant anymore. Uh, but it was a good episode for the most part. With the spy, so we didn't talk, so we find out that, uh, I mean, yeah, the Imperial Probe Droid is her contact or whatever. Like, wouldn't you think a little less conspicuous in Coruscant than a... Yeah, it's it like, holy shit, that thing is like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, Coruscant's a big city, and it was nice. <laughs> it was oh, nice. you know what I was thinking? You know, you know, what I was thinking of like, like yes, like, I, like they've they've gone out of their way to show just how like bloated the bureaucracy of the New Republic is, and like how inefficient it is, and all this stuff. But can their counterintelligence be that like useless? Like, we know that they have spies. We know they that they have spies too. Like, <laughs> like are they just that dumb? Like, it, well, like I say, oh, this not can anymore but in the thrawn books they make it it's just too much right their rebellion they had a one goal and now trying to get every single custom of every single thing into the republic is it's not easy that they're definitely struggling through it and and it's only a few people yeah. they trust right, but, 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 to, but just to like dismantle their entire intelligence network like after the fact like doesn't make any yeah. sense like there would there would be like fanatics on the rebel side that would like be keeping up that end of things like that that yeah i don't get it and one cool thing i want to spoil is that in the uh well for the books uh so in the, the new republic they basically establish their base or whatever back in coruscant in the in the old imperial base which in turn was the old republic or the republic space right so it's kind of like it was where the chancellor was and the jedi were and everything and then when the empire and Palpatine took it over and then they went back well Palpatine like left uh, spy like yeah spy stuff and there were these trees that kind of uh, when you talked and heard vibrations it would um, it basically detected them and it would just like the colors of the ripples of the flowers would change but basically he had tapped into that uh, like a system that was just basically it's a recording feature that he would spy on all of his senators and stuff and that's how he got the scoops on everything but Thrawn knew about this recording device, and so he hits all his information from this thing throughout the whole books. And that's how he's on top of them for everything. Mm. And it's not until Leia Organa Solo figures it out. But it's a pretty cool little subplot in the story. And so yeah, and that's why Luke had always warned, we shouldn't be here. There's too much dark side energy from the Emperor. And they're like, no, no, no. All like our filing cabinets are already here. Let's just go right here and... <laughs> Do you know how long it took us to, to yeah. organize? Um, anyway, um, all right, yeah, I, I, I would, I would like the, the season to end with like the Republic not being dumb though, in some way. Like I think maybe that captain guy is going to show up. I think that's what's going to happen. Is that captain guy is going to go rogue? He's going to show up with a bunch of like Republic. I'm rogue too. Yeah. Um, I totally throw this out of nowhere. Last season ended with a Luke Skywalker cameo. If we're talking all this Republic shit, this is when like a Leia or Han cameo, uh, like I could, or or maybe a Mon Mothma. Maybe you don't have to go that big, and since she's already in the other series, maybe. But like I could see, oh, but Ahsoka coming. Up yeah, or maybe yeah, maybe even her. I, I just somebody in the Republic though, like uh, a. You know it's gonna show up in an X-wing wedge and fucking rip them all new assholes. Oh. Not wedge. Me and fucking new. <laughs> yeah. 
Ja, ja, ja. Right. <laughs> and the, the Empire is going to be like, oh shit, it's Neemu. <laughs> Who's that? I don't know. I never knew how to say it, but it's something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like I, that guy's fucked us on so many occasions. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if a CGI Leia or Han or, or Mon... The Mon Mothma, I guess you could do the actress, but... Uh, yeah, I... But maybe not. I don't know. It just... Well, we'll see. But yeah, right. I wish... But I mean, it has to be somewhat competent because it fails. I mean, you get the first order, so they they can't be that competent. Yeah. I mean, this is... I mean, it should be competent, and those movies I mean, shouldn't they've have already, happened. They've already let things... They've already let things get this far, so... <laughs> they've already failed, but like... Be nice if like somebody was like, "Oh, we should do something." Maybe it's Watto. Maybe Just Watto say. flies in. On this movie, yeah, yeah. You swindled me, yeah. <laughs> Eddie, little Eddie. Uh, hey, kid. Remember when I owned you as a slave? <laughs> <laughs> Those were good times. Orderly. Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I realized I slipped in there. That does not mean Danny Trejo. Tra- <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of his name. Like, why is Danny Trejo in Star drink, Wars? Drink, drink your blue milk, bro. Uh, why, why didn't Anakin fucking kill that guy? Like, because he had he a, killed the Sandy Bull, but, like, why not kill the guy that, like, literally was, like, your slaver? Because he was good to him. Your your yes. mom sleeping, and he had a, he had a he stupid head on. No, have you asked me to make sense of the prequels? Because I can't do it. <laughs> yes, 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 I am. Yes, I am, Jeff. I mean, he, he didn't beat him, but they did have bombs around their neck. Blow you up! <laughs> God damn it! Mm-hmm. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> yeah, fucking end this shit. How long is it? Yeah. Oh my god. Two oh two hours on the dot. Be our longest right. episodes. Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. <laughs>